We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Chicago Bears select Welcome to Picks for Pace. Presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome into the second edition of the Bear Report live stream. You guys know us behind the scenes. We're working super hard at Bay Report. My name is Jusaid Koshal. I host the Picks for Pace podcast alongside Andrew Freeman. You can follow me on Twitter at Jusaid Koshal. You can follow Andrew on Freeman at AJ Freeman 25 Our publisher, Zach Pearson, is in the house today. He's the man that makes this whole thing run. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson. That's Z-A-C-K. Uh, what's going on, guys? How are we doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, glad to be a part of this again tonight. Uh, the draft one was really successful um, that you guys did. So, yeah, it's, I guess this is like an unofficial um, NFL event. I mean, I guess it's official, but it's kind of like one of those events where the NFL can make a uh, day out of it and then a whole, you know, show on NFL Network and ESPN. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, do good. It's, I mean, it's nice to, like, I guess, get a little preview of what's to come, I guess, guys. I mean, we know, like, about the schedule in terms of who we're playing, like, weeks in advance, obviously, in terms of, like, right after the season, basically, you know who you're playing the next season. So, but it's kind of fun to kind of, you know, get to see it in actuality, uh, get, get, to, get to do some predictions, get to see, like, how it breaks down in terms of who, who you're playing and when you're playing it. Um, the primetime games, I think, is the big one. Um, just getting get a sense of you can kind of plan around that a little bit, 
And, I mean, it's always fun for those who want to actually go to the games. It allows you to kind of plan it out as well. You know, you can kind of get to see which games you can go to. And, you know, it's a lot of fun there. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah it's interesting because, you know, we'll see. But you know, the Bears do have a tough schedule this year just looking at this thing. So it'll be interesting to get into this and, and kind of break it down here. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, right off the bat, probably the first thing we should talk about is this is a brutal schedule. And we know what the schedule is. I mean, you could pretty much tell, you know, four to five years down the line, you just kind of have to fill in a couple of the puzzle pieces with, you know, what NFC, t- what NFC conference you're not playing, how you line up with them. Um, and now that there's an 18-game schedule, how you line up with the AFC. And this year for the Bears, I mean, they got the AFC West, so they avoid – um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. They avoid the Chargers, who I think are going to be a really good team. And they kind of get a Raiders team that, you know, for me, I think they're kind of on the same level with the Bears. Um, they're not like a team that I think, you know, the Bears are automatically going to lose this game or a team with the Bears are like, okay, I got to chalk this up as a W. But, I mean, this schedule is pretty damn tough. And if you look at it, I think it actually sets up pretty well for the Bears in the beginning of the year. Um, you have a Rams game, you know, that's kind of a toss-up for me. It's prime time. I know the Rams have had the Bears number over the last couple of years. Um, but for me, that's kind of a toss-up. The Bengals, you know, the Browns are going to be really good. Um, the Lions and then the Raiders is your first five. After that, you know, they could be 4-1, and 3-2. and two. I think at worst they'd be 3-2 and two out of that stretch. But then it gets kind of brutal because let's just assume – you know, for everyone's sake here, let's just assume that Aaron Rodgers comes back to the Green Bay Packers because we don't want to speculate anything right now. You have week six, you have the Packers, then you're at Tampa Bay, you're hosting the 49ers, you're at Pittsburgh before you're by. That's four very tough games. If you don't start off four and one in your first five, I mean, you could be looking at a below 500 in the bye week. Yeah, and looking at that second half of the schedule, I mean, what I found to be really interesting is that the Bears' last AFC game is actually Week 11 against the Baltimore Ravens, and then you look at Weeks 12 to 17, or I'm sorry, Weeks 12 to 18 now, it's going to take some time getting used to the fact that we have 18 weeks now, but only 17 games, but Weeks 12 to 18, it's all NFC opponents you have in that stretch. Okay, the Lions on Thanksgiving, you have the Cardinals who added J.J. Watt as well as A.J. Green. Two players that I think when you make those types of moves, you're in Arizona, you're thinking, hey, we could make the leap to Super Bowl contender this year. And then you have the Packers, who are the biggest question mark on the Bears' schedule right now, simply because of the Aaron Rodgers drama. The Vikings, well, you don't know what they're going to look like, but they're going to be competitive because they're coached by Mike Zimmer. The Seahawks have Russell Wilson. The Giants were pretty good last year. It's just... the question is going to be, can Daniel Jones be the reason that offense gets or offense continues to elevate and get better? Because they did add Kadarius, Tony, K- Kenny Galladay. They're getting back, hopefully, what is expected to be a healthy Saquon Barkley. They have a good wide receiver three in Darius Slayton. And then again, you finish it off with the Vikings. So that final seven-week stretch right there, it's going to be really crucial for the Bears because that could ultimately make or break this team's playoff hopes. Yeah, and I'll mention like the, the stretch right before their bye week on uh, week ten, which is it's pretty nice. Or it's right in the middle of the season, which is I, I think that's a pretty nice spot to have your bye week right there. But look at the, the you know the teams that they're playing in that stretch, like right before it and right after. You mentioned the Packers, you know who knows with Aaron Rodgers stuff, but it, assuming Aaron Rodgers is playing for him, which is what I'm doing right now until proven otherwise, that's going to be a tough one, even though it's at home. Uh, the Buccaneers, you know, Super Bowl champions, obviously, you know, that's at, at Tampa Bay. You know, I don't see the situation. You know, I feel, I feel like they beat them last year. I was pretty lucky 
win for them. Special circumstances being on Thursday night game, that's I don't think that's a win for them. You know, the 49ers, they're going to be a tough team this year again. So, assuming they're healthy, that, that's the only thing with the 49ers because they've had some injury, you know, bad injury luck over the past few years. But if they're healthy, I mean, that's one of the best rosters in the NFC overall. And then you got the Steelers on Monday night. That's a tough game. Um, we, we know the Steelers, they had that great defense. You know, we'll see about Big Ben there and how that offense is doing. But that defense is going to be very, very good. Uh, we know that for a fact. And then right after the bye week, you have the Ravens and then the Lions on Thanksgiving. So that's just a really tough stretch. And I think the Cardinals are going to be a competitive team as well. So uh, there are no easy weeks in that entire stretch right there. You know, like Zach kind of said, like they kind of have to get out to a fast start here because if they don't get out to a fast start, uh, that's where things kind of go off the rails. And that kind of puts things, makes things interesting because, you know, we talk about the quarterback situation so much. You know, what is Justin Fields going to start in the stretch? Because if we're assuming that Andy Dalton's going to be, you know, playing early on in the schedule here, you know, what does that mean for how they do as a whole? Because, you know, whether Justin Fields ends up being the better quarterback in the end or not this season uh, specifically, uh, it remains to be seen. So, you know, how does the quarterback situation affect this as well? That's really going to be a big part of this uh, when we kind of get into that. Yeah, it kind of feels like the theme of the schedule is pretty much quarterback for the Bears because, like, the first thing you look at outside of, like, the primetime games, and we'll make an exception, I think everyone was looking at the Vegas game because everyone wants to go to Vegas and see the stadium. So that was kind of, you know, one of the things. But outside of that, I mean, you look at, like, this schedule, and let's take out the primetime game. Well, let's, let's actually include the primetime games. It's all about the quarterbacks. You look, okay, week one, L.A. Rams, Matthew Stafford, uh, kind of an underrated quarterback over the years. The other primetime game, let's see, um, was it Pittsburgh in week nine? Ben Roethlisberger, you know, we know what he's done in his in his career. Um, you look at Green Bay, you know, week, what is it, week 14 on the road, Let's just assume Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. That's another elite quarterback you're going to be taking on. You know, week 15, Kirk Cousins. I mean, ask Justin Jefferson what his thoughts on uh, Kirk Cousins. And, yeah, I think you'll get a lot of people's similar uh, thoughts there. And then you look, I mean, even like the the afternoon games. I mean, Tom Brady at 325. You have Seattle with Russell Wilson at 305. And then you have, you know, the Raiders with Derek Carr. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, he's – you know, I don't think we can say he's not an efficient quarterback. I mean, he's pretty solid. He's not, you know, top tier, you know, one or two for me in the NFL. But and then you look at the Bears, and it's essentially, when is Justin Fields going to start? Uh, where can you find the date where we could see him starting? I definitely think it's going to be before week four, and I think there is a very good possibility. Whatever Matt Nagy says right now, whatever Ryan Pace says, Throw it out the window. If Justin Fields comes in, it just blows the door off, you know, of training camp and rookie mini camp. I think he's going to be the starter week one. I think it's a very real possibility. Fields is interesting, and the schedule is just so odd because there's Bears fans that are like, well, trot him out again in week one. Just do it that way. Forget Andy Dalton. Forget you ever said Andy Dalton was the starter. Then you look at week two against the Bengals, okay, you could start him at home. Week three against the Browns, are you really going to start him on the road when you have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and that really good Browns defense on the other side? Okay, could you trot him out week four against the Lions? That's probably your best-case scenario 
Week five against Vegas is tough. I will say right now, because the Bears, there's not a stretch where they play like two or three straight at home. I mean, it's pretty much on the road one week at home the next week. I think they trot Justin Fields out, Zach, like you said, either week four or week six against Green Bay at home. And I think another thing noting here with the schedules, the last couple of years, the Bears have always gone to Lambeau and played the Packers first. It's actually the opposite this year. They're playing the Packers in week six at home first, and then they play Green Bay later on week 14 on Sunday night football. And it's interesting because it just seems like every single year you get a Packers primetime game at Lambeau. It is never the Bears hosting the Packers at Soldier Field. I mean, the last time that happened, I think, was the Brian Urlacher-Lance Briggs days, which was Monday night football when Alex Brown had that big um, block to send the game to overtime. But I see we've got a comment in the chat here. And if you're watching this on whatever platform – Go ahead and project your Bears appropriate comments up, all right, or type them in the chat. We'll project some of them up on screen and discuss them. But I see Chris underscore Bourbano here says Fields should play when when he's ready, regardless of who we're facing. What do you guys think? I mean, I think if the Bears think they're a playoff team, if they think they're going to go into this year, um, you know, as a playoff team, and they think that they're going to be better than last season. And Fields is really good in training camp. He's really good in rookie, you know, mini camp this weekend. I think he's gonna. You have to start him week one. I don't think you can sit here and say, well, you know, Justin. I don't think Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy can talk to the media and say, you know, well, Justin Fields had a really good training camp, but we're gonna kind of just, you know, put the training wheels on him and, and let him sit. I, I don't think there's any way you can do that. I think if he's ready, and you'll know, everyone will know if he's ready or not. The locker room, listen to the players. During training camp, listen to them at you know after preseason games. They're going to tell you if they're talking about him in a way, you're going to know that he's ready to go in week one. I, I, is that guaranteed for him to start week one? I don't think I don't think it's a guarantee. Um, I, I do think the Bears could go with Andy Dalton, especially if Fields is still a little you know struggling and still coming along in training camp. But if he just comes out and, and is just on fire in training camp and just blowing people away, especially preseason, I think he'll start week one. Yeah, I think if it's close, you have to get the fields and the competition sort of things because this entire th- team's focus has to be about Justin Fields. Like, nothing else matters at this point. Like, his development is priority one, two, and three, basically, this entire you know, the food chain here. Um, say what you want about the defense or, you know, getting some of these other players developed. Like, Justin Fields is what, important, is what is important here because if he hits, I mean, that that changes everything for this franchise. So they have to do – wherever they can to develop him. And the best way to develop a quarterback is to get him on the field and see what he's got. You know, there are some things where he just isn't ready with, you know, with the playbook and the terminology, then like, yeah, I understand sitting in there, but if he's ready to go, he's up to speed on that stuff. He looks good in practice. You know, it looks like the, you know, the mental side of things in terms of picking up the playbook and all that stuff is, is fine. Getting plays in the line of scrimmage and whatnot is fine. Then like, let him go out there and see what he's got. I, I think that's the best way to go about it. And, you know, could they still, like, have Andy, if Andy Dalton's, like, really good in training camp as well, could they still roll him out there for the first couple of weeks to see what he's got? That could be the case as well. I kind of look, I kind of made a joke on Twitter the other day uh, when we found out that uh, the Rams were playing the Bears uh, in week one. You know, let, let Andy Dalton be, like, the sacrificial, sacrificial lamb, so to speak, for that week one game because, uh, man, going up against Aaron Donald in your first NFL start is uh, – Pretty tough, especially if you're a quarterback like Justin Fields. He likes to hold out to the ball quite a bit. 
and that's probably going to be an issue for him early on in his career, uh, to be quite honest. Um, but, yeah, you could probably let it go with that there. But, I mean, they're, it's very likely that they're going to start this season one and two um, because I just think the Rams are a better team. I think the Browns are a much better team. The Browns might have the best roster in the NFL um, outside of quarterback. So uh, that's just a really tough game for them in general. So it, it's really shaping up. If Justin Fields doesn't win the job outright before week one and he's not the start of week one, I think week four is the latest because I think it's a good situation to put him in there because you got the Lions right there. I mean, they're a rebuilding team. They don't have a good defense. Their secondary isn't very good. So it's a depleted unit in terms of overall talent on that side of the ball. So that would be a good spot, uh, I think, to put him in there if you do uh, not start him to start up the season. But, uh, yeah, I, I, if he's, like, awesome in training camp, there's no way you, you sit in for, for Justin Fields. I mean, for Andy Dalton because, I mean, you're losing the respect of everyone in that locker room, I think, because you look at this team, they're a, they're a veteran team, um, I think is the one thing that we're kind of overlooking here. This is an old aging roster around Justin Fields. So how are these guys going to look at it? Like Cleo Max on defense, Akeem Hicks going to his final year of his contract on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, some of these other guys, Dan Trevathan getting up there in age. How are some of these guys who are leaders in the locker room, by the way, going to view this uh, when Justin Fields looks like the guy in training camp and the coaching staff goes with Andy Dolan just because, well, we signed him to this amount of money. We don't want, we don't want to waste that money, you know, uh, early in the season. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the team. And what's best for the team, you know, if Justin Fields is ready, is to get him on the field and let him play. Yeah, and it's if you go back and you watch the post-draft presser that took place about two weeks ago on a Saturday night, what had happened is Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace consistently alluded to, well, we're going to follow the Kansas City model. We're going to follow the Kansas City model because Nagy was there the year that they drafted Patrick Mahomes, and he sat for six, all 15 games, actually. But what Nagy also said, and a lot of people didn't seem to catch this, was that it's not going to be an exact carbon copy of the Kansas City model. There are going to be things that are different because every single team, every situation is different. And the Bears are in a different situation here because you would need – Alex Smith, I think, had a near-MVP type season that year. He was good. He was really good that year. Right. So you're going to need to get that out of Andy Dalton to really hold, justify holding off Justin Fields. It's the same – it's not the same situation. I think the Bears are going to play Fields much sooner than a lot of people think, but just that comment from Nagy and then dropping that tidbit in there, hey, listen, it's not going to be the exact same model or blueprint. It's not going to be a carbon copy. That really sticks out to me there because you can bet right now that – the Bears already know when they're going to play Justin Fields, and all the mayhem this offseason has been, well, Andy Dalton's going to be the starter. The Bears have said Dalton's going to be the starter. We've been here before. They haven't said how long he's going to be the starter for. That's also another really key component to keep in mind. Well, 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 he, oh, yeah, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he's a starter right now because, I mean, they haven't been on the field or anything yet. I mean, this is their first time on the field this offseason. is going to be this weekend. I think a lot of people are going to be sh- – I think – in the end, I think Fields is going to win this quarterback battle. Yeah, I think it's so as well. I think Justin Fields is a lot more ready than people think. Because uh, I think what Mahomes was, you know, we talked about that Kansas City mile. Mahomes was a complete project. People forget coming out as a rookie out of Texas Tech because, you know, he went to that you know, air raid offense under Cliff Kingsbury, um, just had a lot of work to do with his uh, you know, mechanics and all that stuff, stuff decision-making. Played in a very non-traditional offense. They had a non-traditional playing style at Texas Tech, so there was a lot to kind of work with him there. Um, Justin Fields, I mean, he's played in a offense that 
kind of suits well with under Ryan Day to the pro game. So he's already has an understanding of what to do um, at the NFL level, basically. It's just a matter of, you know, can he pick up the playbook fast enough and can he, you know, get his processing speed up to the NFL level quick enough to where he is ready to go. Uh, that's really the big thing with Justin Fields here. So even with the Kansas City model, like, you can also say from the from the point of the Kansas City Chiefs there, you know, did they end up, you know, was it a bad idea to kind of have that Kansas City model? Because even though Alex Smith played great that year for his standards, like he was a very good quarterback that year, you look at their offense in the middle of the year there, it did struggle in Kansas City. Uh, when you look at that that season in 2017, so they did struggle, had their struggles that that year. Um, and you kind of have to wonder with how great Mahomes was in his first year as a starter in 2018, you know, did they kind of waste a year of Mahomes sitting him on the bench for a year and not putting him out there and seeing what he could do? So that's kind of something you have to consider there as well. And also Alex Smith, he was in that system for four years. You know, he had a repertoire with the coaching staff and, and the players around him. So it's a little bit of a different situation than with Andy Dalton bringing him in on a, like, one-year mercenary contract. And, you know, he's kind of the starter by default just because – we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, he was the best option at the time in the offseason. A little bit of a different situation there. So I, I just don't – I don't think they're comparable, you know, too much. There are a lot of different factors here. Ultimately, it's going to be about who establishes themselves in camp and who wins the job there. And then at some point, Justin Fields is going to get on the field. It's just a matter of when. And that's the exciting part about this upcoming season. It's like, you know, we want the Bears to make the playoffs. We also want them to make a run. If they don't and Justin Fields actually plays well, you still have that in your back pocket, that, that kind of hope we really haven't had, um, honestly, since 2017. Even, you know, Trubisky wasn't great in 2017. We still had kind of that hope that maybe he could be a good... The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Quarterback. Um, you know, some things about the schedule, and, you know, I, I think you guys noticed these, noticed these things as well. You said you, you said it first earlier. This is crazy. This is the first time the Bears have never had, like, a stretch of back-to-back home games or back-to-back road games. It's literally every other game. It's road or away. 
I don't know, like, if any other team has that. I haven't really been on Twitter to check or haven't looked at another schedule check. I think I saw something that one or two more teams might have that. That's just crazy, though, that, like, it's literally every other game is home or away. And I don't know how that's going to really impact the Bears in terms of travel. You know, typically guys, you know, they like to kind of have the back-to-back home games because they can stay in their, you know, homes for, um, you know, 14 days at a time, sometimes more. Um, You know, compared to road, you're you're on the road, and then you're still on the road. You come back if you have back-to-back games. But that was kind of one thing that stood out to me. Another thing that kind of stood out to me, um, obviously the Vegas game is the big one because everyone wants to travel there. Um, they have some fun road games, though, like L.A. Um, in week one. It's going to be incredibly warm there, beautiful you know, time there. But, like, going to Cleveland, they don't have to play in that nasty weather, you know, towards December, November. They kind yeah. of got an early September game. Um, you know, the other one, what's the other one? Uh you know, at Seattle might be kind of a mess the day after Christmas. Um, the Giants is going to be at home, and then you know Minnesota on the road. But yeah, I was just kind of looking at the schedule and just kind of noticing, yeah, that they have the every other game type scenario here, the Vegas game, and then the other thing I wanted to get you guys' opinion on: Did you like how they released it better this year or last year? Because how they released it with that video last year, <laughs> I love that beat and that song. But oh my god, that was awful! Like. Watching them pull up to the bus and like, yeah, that was just brutal. I, I mean, so I didn't watch the Benjamin Moore video. I will go back and actually watch not that. Very, after not this. very good. No offense to anyone who's in it. Not very good. Yeah, like I said, I have not seen the video yet. I will go back and watch it. Maybe just comment, quote, tweet, and comment. I'll throw my opinion up on Twitter. But I will say this, man. This little graphic that they kind of tweet that the Bears tweeted at six forty-five, so about an hour ago that you see up on screen, it's honestly not as bad as people think. It's just, yeah, paint splattered all over the place, but you had to get the sponsor in there or the partnership with Benjamin Moore. But, yeah, this one, I like the way this, aesthetically, this graphic's pleasing. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, I prefer it over a video, to be honest, because, I mean, it's just just the schedule, at least in terms of, like, in terms of things to hype up here, hyping up the schedule in in terms of the offseason period is kind of like, lower on the totem pole compared to, like, I don't know, like the draft, free agency, all this other stuff here. So short and simple to the point for releasing that there. I mean, the graphics is whatever. Um, but, I mean, it gets right to the point. You get the schedule. Um, you know, some of the things, uh, just speaking about the schedule in general, um, uh, I kind of like how they can maintain, like, three traditions that we've seen over, like, the past few years. Vikings in week, the last week of the season at Minnesota. That's like, for whatever reason, they love scheduling that for the Bears. Or for, week six. Was reason. it week? Was it week fifteen last year too? It was towards the end. I, last think, year I too. think it was the last week of the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I no, think it no. was. Wait, Green Bay was last week. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was oh, like yeah. the week before, like two weeks before. It was still too, right. like at the end of the it was year. Still late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that was like, I think in eighteen that was the case, in seventeen that was the case. So they had that tradition back here. And then for for whatever reason, the NFL loves scheduling Bears and Rams in in primetime for some reason. I don't get that because, I mean, they must be getting really good ratings from those two big markets there because, like, if you look at the actual games themselves, they're, they're awful games. Like, I just objectively here, like, taking the fan bias out of it, like, they're legitimately like, hard games to watch over the past three years. So the fact that they're willing to go to that, uh, that again is just interesting to me, especially on week one of the season, nonetheless, like, what are you expecting there, <laughs> to be honest? And then Packers at Lambeau, you say kind of mentioned it there. That's 
they, for whatever reason, they don't want to give it to us on Soldier Field. So, I mean, the last time it happened was that awful game in uh, 2019 Week 1. So, to be honest, I don't really mind that, I guess, because the Packers will probably, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, probably not going to be a fun night for yeah. the Bears in that case. In Pittsburgh, too, like, the last two times the Bears have played at Pittsburgh have been primetime games. Mm-hmm. Uh, including this year, because they've had, what was it, um, Sunday Night Football in, it would have been 2013, I want to say. They were at Pittsburgh, and then the year before, or year before that, they were like, oh, they've not been a prior time. It's been like afternoon, too, like 305, 305. Um, or 325 starts as well. So, yeah, they like to, for whatever reason, put the Bears and Steelers kind of mm-hmm. opposite of that noon. I guess, what was it, 2017 they play at noon? But, I mean, I think, I want to say four of the last five games have been either 305, 325, or 705 games. Pittsburgh. Sticking with the Steelers here, the Bears have actually won the last three games against Pittsburgh yeah. because in 2009 it was, I remember that day because it was the Jay Cutler at home debut game yeah, first mm-hmm. where – it was raining. It was second week. The Bears won 17-13. And then you had that shootout that took place during the third game of the Trustman era in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. Um, And then that was when Cutler kind of went on that fourth quarter tear, and he got the nickname Mr. Comeback or Mr. Clutch, whatever it was. But then you also look at the Ravens game at Soldier Field. I mean, the last time the Bears played the Ravens at Soldier Field, the game lasted like six or seven hours yeah. because there was that brutal – thunderstorm that happened, and then go back to 2017. I mean, the Bears absolutely dominated. The Bears went 4-0 against the AFC North in 2017 because they went to overtime against Baltimore. They beat Cincinnati. They beat the Browns at home on a snowy day when Trubisky did the snow angel thing. And then they went to overtime against Pittsburgh as well. And I think this year it's very likely that there is a serious case you could make that the Bears could possibly go like 3-1 and against the AFC North. I mean, Big Ben's completely breaking down. We don't know what the Ravens... The Ravens are going to be really good. It's just going to be a question of, hey, can Lamar Jackson actually become... Can he develop as a passer? Because they did add, I believe it's Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore this year, and then in the draft. And then the Browns, you really don't know. Were they just the team that was a one-year wonder last year? with a good defense, or is Baker Mayfield ready to take the next step? And then you just have no idea with the Bengals because they did draft Panay, or I'm sorry, they drafted Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. So you invested in a really good player at the expense of a really good player at the expense of your quarterback in Joe Burrow, who's coming off a torn ACL. I think the Bears actually, I, I might be wrong on this, I think they've won eight straight against AFC North. I think 2013 they swept them too. I could be wrong. I remember they beat Cincinnati um, yep. at home. Those mm-hmm. open the year, wasn't it? I think they did sweep them that year. Yeah, yeah I think they swept them that year. Because they beat they beat the Browns in the first week. The, you know, Jay Cutler got injured, then he came back to beat the Browns. I That's think. That's right. Yeah, um, they, it was on the road. I was at that game. Yep. It was like freezing cold. Oh, I'm sure that's probably not the. It was awful. I'm it sure Cleveland just, weather during that time was just not fun uh, at all. It's kind of like Chicago weather, probably. Yeah. Just not great, especially the lake front right there, but. Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, they beat the Bengals week one. They beat the Steelers in that shootout. And then yep. the Ravens one was just weird. Yeah, <laughs> the Ravens people. one was like the, the tornado warning. Yeah. 2017 yeah. was a weird one, too, because you had, like, the Pittsburgh game where Mike Glenn was starting, and they basically oh, had to gosh. ride Jordan Howard and, and Tariq Cohen, basically. You had to, like, yep. carry them to that win, basically, literally. Um, and then 
you know, the Ravens one was a weird one too. That 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 comeback win or Trubisky coming in with the big throw at the end there. So yep. yeah, a bunch of weird. Twenty seventeen was a weird year for that offense. I mean, you have the game uh, where Trubisky threw like what seven passes against Carolina. Yeah, and they not, won because Eddie Jackson had two touchdowns. Yeah, not a fun, not a fun team to watch just overall. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I'll be the pessimistic one on, on the on how I see them against the AFC North because. I think the AFC North could be one of the, one of the best divisions in, in the, the NFL this year. I, I'm very high on Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Like that's, I have the Bears winning that game, but that's going to be a tougher one than people think because I, yeah. I think Joe Burrow is the real deal. And you know that offense, they they gave him receivers to work with there, and uh, we'll see what their defense is. It's going to come down to their defense. You know, uh, can they be a, an efficient unit there? But uh, I like the chance against the Steelers actually because even though the Steelers are great on, on defense as well, like. That offense just brutal. They, they might have the worst offensive line of football. And if you're looking at this, at this thing from a matchup perspective, like the Bears, the strength of their defense is their front seven. So, um, and I don't, I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger at this stage of his career to to win the games with his with his right arm. So, I kind of like them there, but it's kind of a toss up to me. Uh, the Ravens, I just think they're they're really good. Uh, I, I just I have a hard time seeing them win that winning that game. And then the Browns, like I said before, they have the best roster in football. So, I, I think best case scenario, the Bears can go two and two. In that division, uh, it's probably looking more like one and three uh, for being realistic here. But I, I think two and two is a realistic goal when uh, facing that division. Uh, b- before we kind of wrap things up here, um, we we have to talk about the preseason schedule because we have a Mitch Trubisky revenge game. Ooh, yeah, here we go. In. So the Bears are playing um, the Bills, the Titans, and Dolphins. I, I believe they open with the Dolphins. They play. They open with the Dolphins. They host. So they host the Dolphins. They host the Bills in Week Two, and then they travel to Tennessee. I want to say on the twenty eighth and play the the Titans to kind of end preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're gonna get a mixture. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's playing that game, barring any injury. So oh, we're yeah. gonna get a Mitch Trubisky. And the Bills play the NFC North. I believe they play the Packers, Bears, and I want to say it's the Lions or Vikings. Um, they play one of those two teams, so yeah, we'll be getting some uh, another dose of Mitch Trubisky. But kind of wrapping things up, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, let's do a, a little bit where we make our early, early, early predictions because a lot of things are going to change between now and, and week one. But let's do a prediction and then kind of the game you're looking forward to the most um, on the schedule. My prediction is – not going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. It's going to be 9-8. and eight. I think when you look at the Bears, you look at just the state of the roster in general. I mean, let's be honest. The only thing that's provided hope this year is Justin Fields. Now, or that is going to continue to provide hope is Justin Fields. When you move on from an all-pro cornerback like Kyle Fuller, I think your defense does take some steps back. Now, I really do highly – I think highly of Sean Desai, but I just think overall they – the defense is going to take a step back because they invested into the offense this year with this draft class at the expense of the defense as well as some of the other offensive free agent signings. But I'm going to say nine and eight. I mean, look, it just, it's so tough because you're also playing three of the last, you know, the last three NFC champions in Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco. I mean, some of your most winnable games are going to be the Lions. The the Lions, that's two wins right there. I think the Vikings, the Bears might actually sweep them. That's four wins right there. Sprinkle in, let's just say, a fifth win against the Raiders. You're going to have – and then those other four wins that I have the Bears getting, I mean – 
that's going to be, you know, those are going to be honestly total toss-ups. You can make an argument that they beat the Bengals. Well, for me, that puts you at six wins. Do you squeeze two, one or two wins out against Green Bay, depending on what happens with the Aaron Rodgers saga? Absolutely. And then, you know, there's going to be a couple times here the Bears upset some teams. And I think the biggest upset right now that could take place for the Bears is honestly that Week 16 game against Seattle. I know everyone's continuing to, like, count the Bears out of a lot of these games. But, hey, there's some upset potential here. But it's going to take a lot of things. A lot of dominoes are going to have to fall the Bears' way for them to truly get to, like, eight or nine wins this year. But I'm going to say nine and eight because I just have a feeling the Bears are going to get luckier than most people think this year. Yeah, I'll kind of answer a little bit differently. I'll start off by saying, like, the range, I think, uh, is reasonable, I think, for the Bears, like, win-wise. So I think the low-end, worst-case scenario is probably looking at six wins here just because I, I think the Bears do have a a stout enough team as a whole, and I think they're better at the core of acquisition overall. So uh, I think their floor is a bit higher than a lot of people may think it will be, but this isn't a team that has a really high ceiling right now. I think their defense is going to be – a little bit worse than people may want to think it is because that secondary is a huge question mark. You know, there's rumors that they might be interested in signing Steven Nelson. That might change things a lot. Uh, he's a very quality corner, but until they make a, yeah, until they make a move there, that, that secondary is just not, it's, it's Eddie Jackson, you know, maybe Jalen Johnson develops, but there's nothing else there in that secondary. I, I have very little confidence in it. So, uh, so I think six to ten wins is probably like the most realistic like range you can think of. Like ten wins, best case scenario. It's a tough schedule, so it's it would be very tough to get to that ten wins. But I'll, I'll just kind of quickly run down like you know the schedule here and how I think it'll turn out. Um, I'm kind of going with a little bit of an optimistic approach here. I think they'll lose week one to the Rams. I just at LA with Stafford there in that offense, I just don't see them being able to hold up uh, and you know matching them point for point. I think they will beat the Bengals in a sneaky uh, tough game. Uh, week two, just because they're at home, uh, home opener, you know, I, I think they'll win that game there. They're kind of comparable uh, in terms of talent. I think overall, they're I think they're going to lose to the Browns. That might be a, that might be an ugly one, just because the Browns are they're loaded, man. They're they're so good this year. I think um, week four that might be Justin Fields' opener. We'll see against the Lions. Uh, I think they're going to win that game. I think they're they're going to they're going to win against the Raiders too in the in week five. Uh, but that's my first really toss up. Uh, one against the Raiders because it's at, it's at Las Vegas. Uh, the Raiders are kind of like a polar opposite of the Bears where they have this, you know, humming offense. They have a good offense, but their defense has just, just been atrocious over the years. So they're kind of like polar opposites as teams. Uh, I think they'll beat, you know, the Packers at least once. You know, maybe it's at home in week six. We'll see there. But week seven, eight against the Bucks and 49ers, I don't see them winning those games. I think they'll beat the Steelers, but that's a toss-up as well. Um and then Ravens, I, I just don't see them winning that one off the bye week. Uh, the Lions game on Thanksgiving, I think they beat the Lions twice this year. I just think the Lions are just not going to be a good team, just in general, even though division games are usually a toss-up. Uh, the Cardinals game, definitely a toss-up. Uh, I think they're very comparable teams, but I, I think the Bears will win at home. Then we've got Packers at Lambeau Field, that's a loss for me. Uh, the Vikings at the Bears, that's a win for me. Kind of going back and forth here. The Seahawks, I don't see them beating. Uh, Vikings, I don't see them being week 18. And then the last game I'll talk about here, week 17, the Giants is going to be an interesting one because I think we had a comment kind of mentioned this um, earlier. Uh, but the Giants mentioned their skill positions being really good. Their entire team is, like, really, really good. If you look at the Giants here, just a matter of, like, is Daniel Jones, like, any good, basically, is what it comes down to. If Daniel Jones is, like, somewhat decent, the Giants are going to be a really good team because they have weapons on offense. You know, with Saquon Barkley coming back, they got Kenny Galladay in the off in the offseason. 
And that defense, I think, is going to take a huge step this year. I think they overachieved last year with that defense. They added some talent to that secondary there. So I'm really excited to see what the Giants do uh, this year. Um, so I have been winning that game right now with the Bears, but it's going to be a toss-up for me. That could go either way for me. So overall, it's a 9-8 and record, same as you said. Uh, but, again, I can see them easily like going six wins, 6-11, and 11, or winning 10 games here. It's just a matter you know, of how the ball can – kind of bounces for them, then injuries as well uh, to keep in mind there. Yeah, for me, I'm, I don't know, I'm in the range of 8, 9, 9, and 8, and I know that's kind of taking the easy way out. Yeah. Uh, but I just think they're, like, they can't be 500 this year unless they tie, essentially. But <laughs> I think they're pretty much a 500 team because, you know, I, 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 I do think it all depends on Justin Fields and if the defense can, you know, get to that next level, what they're going to do in the secondary. Because, I mean, the loss of Kyle Fuller is going to be huge. They're going up against some mm-hmm. pretty damn good wide receivers this year. Um, so looking at the schedule, for me, I think that for those first five games, I'll say they're going to go 4-1. and one. I think they're going to upset um, the Rams. I think they could start off 2-1, and one, beat the Lions, beat the Raiders. Okay. But from there, it gets rocky. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and this is with Aaron Rodgers playing. Green Bay, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, 49ers. I think those will be three losses, and I think the Bears will kind of be sitting there. Well, they'll put them four and four. Um, and that Pittsburgh game, you know, going to the bye, that really could define their season. Absolutely. They come out with a win, yep. you know, and then they're five and four. There's some very winnable games left in the in the final, you know, stretch there. They lose that game and go to four and five. You know, you're looking at maybe four and six at the Ravens. Um, I think they'll beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. I think you know the Cardinals for me, like like you, Andrew, it, it's a toss up. Um, I think, you know, this is one of those situations where the Bears are going to either lose a string of games or they're going to win a string of games, you know, two or three in a row. Um, and it's going to be determined by that that Steelers game and that bye week. Uh, Green Bay output as a loss. Minnesota, I think they'll, they'll win that one um, on Monday night. Man, Seattle, it's always tough playing there, and it's tougher now with the fans returning. Yeah, it's uh, another thing to factor in, yeah. Yep, th- that, that place is going to be hyped up because we could see a scenario where – the Bears and Seahawks might be fighting for that seventh or in the in you know in the hunt graphic for that seventh wild card spot. Um and then the Giants I'll say the Bears are gonna win that one. I think it'll be close than many people think. And um, you know, the Vikings, uh, it's gonna be another tough one, I think, at the end of the year. So I got them at eight and nine, nine and eight. I know it's kind of taken the easy way out, but I just think that's what they are. I think they're a five hundred team in a non five hundred possible schedule because of the 17 games. So, but the game I'm really looking forward to, I really want to see that Cleveland game because I think Cleveland, I'm with you, Andrew, I think Cleveland could be a really damn good team this year. And if Baker Mayfield takes that next step, I think it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo and Cleveland right there with them. Um, You know, I, I just, Cleveland's going to be a fun one. And I think the Bears are kind of dodging a bull with the weather not being too bad, but, you know, we'll see. Cleveland's also, you know, they have Odell. Odell could go off at mm-hmm. any time, change a game for good or for worse. I mean, he could go out there and put up 200 receiving yards, or he could go out there and just totally sabotage the entire damn game for the yeah. Browns. So, there'll be a good early season test for the Bears. And will we see Justin Fields? It's in Ohio. It's where he went to college. So, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, also the other game, obviously, we've said it multiple times, the Raiders game. I think that's going to be a blast for Bears fans. Um, I suggest if anyone's planning on going to the game, get your tickets now because the prices 
The secondary market are insane. And it's going to be like that for every Raiders game because they're opening up that new stadium. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think that'll wrap things up, guys. Um, as always, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow Picks for Pace on Twitter at Picks for Pace. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. You, you just do it once and it shows up for both shows. Um, you could follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And then I'll let you guys sign off with your Twitter. Yeah, guys, you can follow me on pretty much any social media platform. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Usaid Koshal. Check out my work on the Bear Report as well. Going to have a lot of um, articles coming out this summer between May and June when traffic's or just Bears news in general is going to be so slow. I'm going to be doing a breakout Bears series, a bounce back candidate series, and then a series breaking down players that are on the Bears roster bubble. So keep an eye out for all that stuff. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman45. I'm over at the Bear Report. You know, at the offseason, we're kind of entering that slow period. So I'm hoping to get, you know, some video breakdowns for this rookie class coming in soon. For anyone that follows my work on the Bear Report YouTube channel, uh, Justin Fields will be first. Uh, we'll see when that is. You know, still getting a lot of stuff together for that, but uh, hoping to get him and Tevin Jenkins will be the two big ones. So uh, keep an eye out for that this summer. Those are kind of be the the big projects uh, on my end during the summer period. And then you know, once the season starts up in you know August, late summer area, that's where the fun begins for uh, this bear season. Yeah, and until everyone, until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.